Welcome to the Freemasons Podcast, coming to you live from Morningstar Lodge number 47. Leave your aprons at the door, my brothers. Let the brother receive the light. The widow's son, no, 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 wicked, wicked, one. The widow's son, no, 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 wicked. Wickedest one comes to blindfold fools, cop diamonds and buy gold. While wise old elders try to tell us that my soul is lost in the matrix of box and cube. You watch the tube, we need it for the toxic food. Now the chemicals are blocked from the pineal gland. For the first time, I understand Ezekiel's plan that the sanctum sanctorum of the most divine is the body in the stairway to heaven is your spine. As above, so below. Fuck waiting on a sign. The key to heaven's gate is in the mind. God bless the blind, let the light shine. Step from the darkness. You're following the Father. Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I'm your host, Right Warshall Brother George Mudry, and with me tonight, Warshall Brother Joe, Warshall Brother Ken, Brother Rocco. And we're up here tonight. Uh, we're going to get through some quick little bit of uh, stuff, and then we're going to start our podcast. And tonight's topic is going to be how to be a good leader of a lodge and or worshipful master. We're going to go over some leadership leadership traits for those who are uh, looking to become master and uh, just in general good leadership traits things that uh, uh, somebody's on discord oh Joe uh, so we're gonna go over that that's gonna be our topic for the night but first thing I want to do is I'm gonna plug the freemasonspodcast.com we have shirts up there actually just put up a, a shirt not too long ago Ken you want to talk about it? Yeah, so is it the uh, straight out of the South Gate? Uh -huh. Yep. So I guess uh, Worshipful Brother or uh, Right Worshipful Brother George and I were talking about potential new T-shirt ideas, and mm -hmm. I don't know. One thing led to another, and mm -hmm. we're bouncing some ideas off of one another, and we thought about the concept of uh, a certain character from our ritual passing out the South Gate, mm -hmm. um, and it's a pretty big deal in Masonic ritual. I'm not going to go into exactly what it is or what it means, but if you get a shirt and it says straight out of the south gate i can guarantee you that any other brother on the street if they're if they got their thinking cap on will get the reference mm -hmm. and those of you that are brothers out there know what i'm talking about so right. i thought it was a, i thought it was a cool idea i think george thought it was a cool idea you mm -hmm. guys tell us right. let us know mm -hmm. I ordered one. I'll so be wearing like it next in podcast. The straight out of compton font it's in the straight out of compton All right. kind of that's cool design i so. like it yep. All right, with the uh, with the Freemasons podcast yeah, logo on the, the logo on the arm, mm -hmm. on the arm, it's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Right. Uh, I don't know where I left off on uh, new likes because I didn't update my stuff here. So I'm just going to start from where I think I left off, which was uh, Charles Scott, Bryce Kwasney, Scott Schaefer, Courtney Wheel, Ernesto Robbie Diaz. Scott Shalinsky, Colt Ruel, Randy Stevens, Mark Zuccarella, Robert Na Nam Namius. Again, I butcher names, so I apologize if I butcher your name. Uh, so those are the toasts we're going to do. Brother, right. right hand arms. To, to arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. All right. Next one. We have uh, 
We have some uh, shout-outs. Uh, Ernesto Robbie Diaz says uh, to the Freemates podcast, shout-out to the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I wow. love the podcast. You always seem to have a blast and genuinely enjoy each other's company. Uh, That's a mess. <laughs> I like Robbie. You love me. <laughs> you guys kind of hate each other. Uh, I can only hope for that kind of camaraderie. Uh, P.S. Henry sucks. <laughs> Dan. Oh, Henry sucks. Dan. Hashtag meatball. Hashtag Italian. George, love you. All right. All right. <laughs> so clearly catching up on some yeah, uh, older episodes. That's good. He's going back into the he's archives. In the backlog there. The long, long ago. All right. David Meese recommends the Freemasons podcast. Uh, brothers, you guys are hilarious. I love the banter and shenanigans that go back uh, that go on in your podcast. They are informative and entertaining. I drive a city bus for a living, and I have you on while I drive. I think I covered this one, but I'm gonna do it again. Oh, that one's great. Uh, sometimes I have to turn it down because of the f bombs, but otherwise, have a few men come up and ask me about masonry. I did read this one last yeah. time, but anyway, Dave Mays, shout out to you again. Drive safely. Yeah. Uh, let's drive see here. Safely. There was a recent one that came out that was really cool. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. It's actually the one that I'm looking for. Uh, I think it's Corey Lighty. Yes, read it. All right, brethren, thank you for reminding us that, yes, masonry has its times that we are serious and proper, but there is also a time to sit back with brothers, have a drink of choice, and enjoy the fellowship that this fraternity is built upon. The ties that are created through that fellowship is how we know that brothers will always have our back. I'm a new listener and trying to listen to past podcasts and enjoying each one. Again, thank you for reminding us that just because we are Masons does not mean we can't have fun. Thank you, brother. Awesome, That's brother. a very nice review. Yeah. Uh, we have another Great one. Sentiment. Ronald Barker recommends the Freemasons podcast. Amazing podcast, guys. I have to listen to you. Uh, I have listened to you from Missoula, Montana to Portland, Oregon, and back again. Wow. Thank you for the light That's humor true. you guys bring. Light it's a stretch. Yeah, light humor. But you know what? That's fine. <laughs> uh, did we do Heath Got Moss? There. I feel like we did. Uh, yeah, we did. We definitely did. But uh, anyway, shout out to him as well. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for a recommendation. So let's do them separately. Recommendations on Facebook. Brethren. Uh, actually, Joe, lead it. Brothers, right hand to arms. To arms. arms. Ready. 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 Aim. 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 Fire, good fire, fire all. Together, brothers. Vivat, vivat, vivat. That was a late one. That was you. It's a rarity that yeah. I do it, but you know what? I messed up too. Take some time for the sound to get down there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's all I have as of right now that I can tell, uh, unless you guys got anything else uh, for shout outs and all that stuff. So uh, I just want to mention that the uh, new likes from Scott Shalinsky, current master of Ashlar Aspetuck Lodge number mm-hmm. 142, and Mark Zicarella, current senior warden awesome. of Ashlar yeah. Aspetuck Lodge number 142. Awesome. My mother lodge. Awesome. Uh, anybody I missed, call me out on it. Tell me I suck. I don't care. Go for it. I'll tell you. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Patreon. Hop on Patreon if you uh, become a Patreon member or you support the podcast through Anchor. We'll get you into Discord. And... Uh, you can uh, join all of the shenanigans that happen on in there and or actually intelligent conversations from time to time. It's great. A lot of times it, my favorite thing about the the Discord and the Patreon is that, uh, you know, there's sometimes that you know, we're not even involved in the answers and questions. Mm-hmm. And it's across, you know, state to state, you know, uh, 
Yep. The community's kind of taken on a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a life of its own, well, which is nice. It's great. Because some of us, you know, occasionally have to actually do our jobs at work and can't always uh, be available 24-7. Absolutely. Though we try to be. All right. Washington's rules. We're going to do this one. And then we're going to get into different rules. And uh, we'll talk about that when we do the uh, mm-hmm. leadership thing. But number 73, <clears throat> think before you speak, pronounce not imperfectly. <laughs> How'd you do on that one? Uh, How'd you do on that, George? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Think before you speak, pronounce not imperfectly, nor bring out your words too hastily, but orderly and distinctly. Yeah. So that's actually for me and Rocco, I think, because uh, I mispronounce words and Rocco mumbles through stuff, so it's good. Because you're both big dummies. <laughs> this damn puppet coming back. All right. So uh, we're going to start it off, and we're going to talk about leadership traits of uh, good leadership traits of a leader and or master. Um, first thing I want to say is uh, you should not become a master if you are not well-versed in the ritual and or the rules and regulations. I want to start with that right off the bat because if you cannot contemplate or understand the, what it means to be a master – probably shouldn't be doing well i mean there are certain charges that the master is given when he becomes master of the lodge there is some ritual that you have to know but it doesn't mean that you have to be you know a a shakespearean like thespian actor you don't have to be an amazing ritualist there is a certain amount of ritual that i think you should have to know but I don't think you. I don't think a prerequisite of becoming a master is that you have to be a perfect ritualist, mm-hmm. or even you know. I, I just don't think that that's necessarily required. Right. Um, rules and regs, totally, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be able to read rules and kind of like, yeah, at least know what they are from a conceptual level. I mean, right. you've got other individuals that you can rely on in Open Lodge to help you out. If you're put on the spot and you have to make a decision, I mean, you've got your secretary, you've got your chaplain, there are people that have ritual books open, there are people that have the rules and regs book in front of them. Um, it's not always practical as master to have that documentation in front of you when you're in open lodge, um, but you should have a, a general idea of how to run uh-huh. the operation, and you have to be comfortable reading documentation and following it, Right, which I think... All the men that I know that became master of the lodge had a pretty firm grasp on that. I think that, that a couple things that you should do. I have this damn fruit fly. Yeah, every I'm, I'm gonna get it time. eventually. I swear to God, I'm gonna be like Mr. Miyagi. Give him some chopsticks. <laughs> of course, the fruit fly is too small to see on Facebook Live, so everybody just kind of thinks we're swatting. We're just, it. Flinging, we're just here, flinging it. I assure you, there are stuff. fruit, fruit flies. Stuff I was watching smoking. it land on your mic stand. And they weren't in here when I walked in. <laughs> yeah, it's on my mic stand. I walked in here earlier. I was washing everything up and cleaning up the table. There were no bugs in here, and now all of a sudden there are bugs. So uh, we had the window open. Back on the leadership traits. Um, I read a lot of stuff. Uh, and you know Washington's rules of civility and decent behavior I've read multiple times and I've really embodied many of the leadership things in it such as uh, you know speak less and listen more than than speaking and all that stuff but one of the best ones that I have ever one of the best set of core values for a good leadership act and this is a 100% true story um, 
when I, when I was a kid, I used to go to Vermont. And there, my grandfather had a cabin up in Warren, Vermont. And down the road from him was a good friend uh, to their family, which was the Marcinkos. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who lived down the road was Annette and Joe Marcinko. If, I don't know if anybody really knows, but uh, his, he had a brother. And his name was Richard Marcinko, or Dick Marcinko. And he's also known as the Rogue Warrior. Uh, he was the very first leader and creator of SEAL Team 6. And when I was a kid, I actually got to speak to him on the phone, and it was pretty funny. Because I always wanted to, and the way this whole conversation started, I remember being a kid, and I'm reading the Rogue Warrior book, because I always wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Uh, I actually took the Navy SEAL in-doc test to try to get in before I became a Marine. And uh, I I was young, I was in high school, so I didn't fare too well against college guys who were built like brick shit houses, but... I did, I did I did pretty good. Was you know? there a height requirement? I, I was going to say, was there any kind of like smelling <clears throat> aptitude Yeah, to be 5'6 or taller. Grammar. <laughs> Penmanship. <laughs> all right. We got it all out of our system, right? We're you good. sure, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I was sitting on the couch, you know, again, I think I was probably... Uh, 15, 16 years old, and I was sitting on the couch, and I remember uh, Joe, who was his brother, came into the, my grandfather's cabin, and he's like, what you reading there? And he said, oh, it's this book by Dick Marcinko, Rogue, Rogue Warrior. I said, and he's like, uh, you know, it's my brother, right? Get the fuck out of here. No, it's not. It's not your brother. I thought, again, I thought he had the same last name. I thought he's like, no, for real, it's my brother. Wow. And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, okay. Mm, all right, whatever. So, uh, I'm reading the book and everything, and again, um, about, I don't know, it, was, it had to have been a couple months later or whatever, uh, my father hands me the house phone. He's like, somebody wants to speak to you. I'm like, oh, okay. And this is God's honest true story. Apparently, Joe and Annette had gone down to North or South Carolina or Virginia somewhere to a wedding where he was. And the, I pick up the phone, and I'm like, hello? And he goes, what's up, puss nuts? <laughs> I heard you want to be a Navy SEAL. He's like, uh, you think you got the balls to do it? And I'm like, no, uh, sir. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, instantly locked up. Like, yep. It was pretty funny. But that's 100% true story. So I actually got to speak to him. I don't even know if the guy's still alive anymore. Uh, no. But uh, I got to speak to the creator uh, and, and actually author of this book, Richard Marcenko. Um, and I actually got to speak to him on the phone. That's a hundred percent true story. Hmm. But in one of his books, and it was called the Rogue Warrior. Uh, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but it's the Rogue Warrior Leadership Secrets of the Rogue Warrior. And I really read these, and I embodied them. And again, they're kind of profane. They're kind of rough, but we're gonna kind of decipher them. Uh, you know, to what. Um, how it would apply to a Masonic Lodge? Profane as in obscene or profane as in... Language. <laughs> okay. Right. Profanity. Uh, it, they're very rough. There again. They're very yeah, rough leadership skills. And here we go. I'm going to start with the first one. I will test my theories on myself first. I will be my own guinea pig. Dig it. I think that's very important if you want to apply it to a Masonic Lodge. Is, uh, you shouldn't... Um, you shouldn't do anything to the members of your lodge that you would not do yourself. Yes, absolutely. Uh, which means you can't sit there and be like, Worship Brother Ken, you're going to learn the past master degree ritual and you're going to perfect it. Yeah. But I can't. Yeah. 
that's an unreasonable expectation, especially because you don't know whether it's even possible to do it if you haven't been able to do it yourself. No, I'm not saying that a master needs to be able to perform a degree. I'm not saying that a master should perform all of the degrees, but I am saying that for, for me, I took it as a, well, I can't ask anybody else to learn this if I can't learn it myself. And that goes from the bottom floor up. You can't tell an EA, you need to know this ritual. You yep. need to know this steward lecture. And we got master masons who can't even do it. Yep. So, so you end up losing credibility. You have you no did. credibility. And actually, yeah. like, what the hell is this guy? Well, right. Freemasonry is about shared experience, right? I mean, that's what our brotherhood is based on. If you're expecting somebody to do something that you couldn't even do, mm-hmm. that breaks that whole philosophy, I think. Right. Number two, the Rogue Warrior Leadership Code. This is number two. I will be totally committed to what I believe, and I will risk all that I have for these beliefs. I will attribute it to my term. I believe that we needed to add Saturday meetings. And I went to freaking war with my lodge over adding Saturday meetings to the point where I almost got shanked in the parking lot. <laughs> not not literally, I'm figuratively well, speaking. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, there are different strategies for dealing with that kind of thing. But yeah, stick to your convictions. Absolutely, 100%. If you have an idea and you believe it's going to work and you have the best interest of the lodge mm-hmm. and the brothers in the lodge in heart then there are ways of bringing guys onto your side of things mm-hmm. there are differing strategies there one is to go to war the other is to right. kill with kindness and kind of mm-hmm. convince people of your viewpoint and try to persuade them but um, I think in general sticking to your convictions is right. critical it's a critical skill for any leader this one is I think one of the major ones that I absolutely loved when I listened to it I will back my subordinates all the way when they take reasonable risks to help me achieve my goals. Mm-hmm. Which basically means if you have a core of officers, again, we're going to bring this into the Masonic. If you have a core of officers that are willing to uh, risk it all to defend you or, or basically achieve what you're trying to do, you definitely have to back them. And I'll use this podcast as an example got into trouble we've talked about it I don't need to keep beating a dead horse a little bit but you do beat that but I had said I had said you know, and I'm I'm not getting into the details I'm just saying I had said I'm going to go to talk to the I'm going to go talk to the powers that be and I'm going to smooth this all over I'm going to go by myself I don't want you guys to get in trouble and maybe you guys can say what the resounding result was (laughs) to what I had said Uh, well we know what Jack did we know what Jack did, but, you know, there was you know, a bunch of you guys were like, you ain't going along. No, we're in this yeah, together. This we're is in all this of together. Us. Yep. We're, we're all a part of this. And we all believe in the mission of what right. this podcast is all about. If we didn't, then right. why, are, why would we even be here to begin with? Correct. And, so, yeah, we're going to defend the chicks. We were all willing to fall on the sword. a podcast. We were all willing to fall on the sword for George. Right. And, <laughs> and again, I'm using this as an example. Follow him to the end of the world, I would. <laughs> I'm using this as an example, but it's the best example that I have at this moment. You know, this even applies to even in Lodge. Uh, if your master, you know, if you have a master who has, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to bring in new membership by doing X, Y, and Z. All right, I got your back. Let's do it. And if he catches hell for it, or, you know, they start catching hell for it, um, they're defending you. They're defending, they're, they're, they're doing what you want to do. So if they're catching hell... Back them up. 
And if you don't, guess what? They're never going to defend yeah, you again. Exactly. You're never going to get anything done as a leader after that. Number four, another one of my favorites. I will not punish my people for making mistakes. I will only punish them for not learning from their mistakes. Yep. Huge. I brought this Huge. up, I think, on a previous episode, but the 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 founder of the company that I work for right now had a, I hope I'm not doing him any misjustice <laughs> by, uh, by quoting him, but he had this quote where it was, pay the tab, but keep the receipt. Mm-hmm. Which is basically, if you make a mistake as a subordinate, it's okay. We'll pay that tab, but we're also going to keep the receipt. Right. Mm-hmm. Make that mistake once and only once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't and like you're kind of stifling creativity and innovation by, and new ideas, by crapping on every mistake that somebody makes. Yeah. It. I think that's that's a, a very uh, core point. That you know, don't don't punish people. You don't rip somebody apart for doing their best. Um, and you don't rip somebody apart for making a mistake. Mm-hmm. If they repeat that mistake, you know, now right, and that's a totally different. It's a totally issue. different story. Now it's almost like a, a lack of of uh, caring mm-hmm. in a sense. You know, if I forget to send in my monthly. Okay, we don't do that anymore in the state of Connecticut. We'll just start out there, right? We don't do it anymore. No, we don't. But we had to send it in by the tenth, or the lodge would be fined. I think it was what fifty bucks. Uh, either twenty-five or fifty. 25 yeah, or 50. I never missed one, so I didn't have that issue. I never mm-hmm. missed one either. I, I was late, but you know, a couple times. But you know, I never. We never got fined. But let's just say, for sake of argument, the masters. Uh, again, my responsibility is on the te- as the secretary is by the tenth, fire in that monthly. Before the tenth, right? If I miss it the first time, it's like ah, you know what? Shit, shit happens. You, you missed it. Whatever. You know what? You got family. You got this. You got that. Everything. But now all of a sudden, you do it the next month. Can it's you explain like, what monthlies are? Okay, because I don't even really know. Okay, so a monthly report is basically it's a report that used to go in. Still, I well, pretty much we update it on Grandview now. So if you have a change in the roster, change of an address, addition of a mason, a death of a mason, Somebody death of a admitted. widow, okay, every anything month, changes in your role. anything right. changes in your in your lodge. You have to send. You used to have to send in a written report, and or used to be able to PDF it. I think, mm-hmm. but you'd send in a report saying, okay, so. Ken moved to Woodbury, needed to change his address. Here's his new address so that the Grand Lodge records were always, now everything is on Grandview. You literally change it, boom, they have the information automatically. But prior to the arc, prior to this system, it was very archaic. You had to write in, sign every every single month that Mm -hmm. you guys were were in Lodge or not dark, or dim, excuse me, Uh, you'd have to send this report. If you missed it by the 10th, you can potentially be fine. You'd get a nasty gram from the grand uh, secretary mm-hmm. first. But, you know, then eventually if it became habitual, you'd eventually get fined for not sending it oh. in. Because you're not updating, the, you're not allowing them to update their records. Yeah. So There's a reason that Grand Lodge needs to keep that stuff right. accurate. Mm-hmm. So, especially for notifications and yep. all that stuff. Because and your Masonic clock. Your Masonic clock, yep. all that stuff. But let's say I, I missed, you know, back on the thing. If I missed that month, you know, whatever, it happens. You miss something. But the next month, now it's become habitual where it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to go in late. And realistically speaking, if you, ah, oh, well, I was fine the first month. I'll be fine the second month. 
Eh, I'll be fine the third month. Eh, I'll be fine the fourth month. And then you start neglecting your Now you start neglecting your responsibility. Yeah. Now it's a habit. Yeah. So if, the, if you bring it to the master's attention, listen, I screwed up. I was late. Okay, not a problem. But now the next month you got to go and report to the master again and say, screwed up again. At, at some point, the master's going to be like, listen. Yeah, we have a talk. It's going to be your ass if you don't do this. This is your job. You know? So I, I, I like that one. All right, number one, two, three, four, five. I will not be afraid to take action because I know that almost any action is better than inaction. And I know sometimes not acting is the boldest action of all. Wow, that's a complicated one. That's a complicated one, but let's break it down. I will not be afraid to take action, which means I will not be afraid to do something. Yeah. You're empowered to do something. You're empowered to do something. Your boss, ostensibly, if you screw up, is going to defend you. Right. Um, and sometimes inaction is an action. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me give you an example. You got two Masons in Lodge. They're fighting. They're having an argument. Okay. You need to decide as a master, do I go down and do I, do I sit them both down and I handle this? Or do I let it iron itself out? That's a distinction you as a leader need to make. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to, okay, listen, it's getting to a point now where it's now beginning to disrupt my lodge. So at what point do I either step in or not step in? And that's a decision you need to make. Because sometimes not getting involved and letting it iron itself out is the best action. Mm-hmm. And I think being a good leader, uh, you'll be able to decide that. You know, again, again, the only thing I could really attribute it to, to my years as master is when the, the brother stood up and, and basically threatened me in Lodge. My action could have been bring him up on Masonic charges. But my, my action of not taking that route ended up panning out for the better because for a couple of reasons. It, it would have, if I would have done it, I would have looked like a dictator. Yep. And, I, it would have, and again, this guy was a right warshall brother. So do you taint another brother's record? It would have made me look like a demon. I would have been I would have been a bad guy because now I've taken this guy's whole Masonic career, balled it up yeah. and threw it away. Though you were you would have been within your rights to do that. Correct. You still would have yeah. Right. So stain another brother. That was an action of mine was to not take action. We sat down, we talked it out, we figured it out like brothers. But that's the best example I got. Well I actually had one that happened in open lodge while I was sitting master uh-huh. where uh, again one brother threatened another brother mm-hmm. and I had to stop and think for a moment and then after contemplating I'm like no I have to do something I had to take an action so next thing was brother junior warden how goes the hour and we went to refreshment and I kept those two brothers in so I gave them both a talking to and said you gotta squash this you gotta figure it out but then our associate grand marshal was in the room when it happened as well so i knew afterwards i couldn't just let it go at mm-hmm. that so i talked to our agm and he's like look do what you think is right and just check in with me so what, what i what happened with lost life life? wow that was weird but what I ended up doing was I took was action like at that immediate moment, but my next action was actually not taking action. After I spoke with the brother who was in the wrong, I said to him, look, you have a week to make this right. And I'm not going to tell you what you need to do to make it right, mm-hmm. but I'm giving you a week to do it. Right. If at the end of that week 
you have not come back to me and said, this is what I did to make it right, then you're forcing me to take action. That's how you're not a dictator. Because you're right. saying, look, there's disharmony here. You guys got to figure it out. You're adults. The two of you can get it, you know, your brothers, you can get together and figure it out. I'm not going to tell you how it has to go. Right. If I have to get involved, this is yeah. what I'm going to right, do. Right, exactly. But you've got a week to handle it on your yeah. own. And he handled it within 48 hours, and it became a Good. non-issue. Uh, but apologize. We lost the live feed. I don't know what the hell happened. It just said there was an une- unexplained error, and it just crapped out. It just died. So so we're back live now? <laughs> yeah, I'm back live. We got Greg Schultz and Joseph back. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Uh, no, nothing's burning. That was uh, Greg Schultz just said, better check the electric. Something might be burning. I did say happens. something oh, like, was yeah. burning before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe it sounded like a, It smelled like, before. sounded like, it smelled like an electrical burn before. I said it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you walked so around. So we've got people back. We've got Greg exactly. Schultz back. Susan yeah. is watching with us. Hello, Susan. That was bizarre. Uh, it's never just shut off like that. Usually it's when our Wi-Fi decides to crap out, but we're on Ken's. Uh... So anyway, let's get back into the next one. Make sure this thing's still on. Why does it always crap out when I'm talking? Have you noticed that? <laughs> You're messing around with it. No, I swear you to God. Son of a... I swear to God. I was literally reading through the questions and then boom, it just dropped. Maybe the gingers carry some kind of electromagnetic field and Maybe. send out a pulse and mess with it. Okay. <laughs> send out a pulse. Number six. I will always make it crystal clear where I stand and what I believe. I think, uh, I think that many... One of the major problems with leaders, and again, you can take this even politically, is that they'll say one thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm mm-hmm. going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. And then they don't. <laughs> it crushes your credibility as a person when you go ahead and, you know, everyone should know where you stand. Like, this is this is where I stand. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. And that this is my goal for my master's year. This is what I'm going to do. And when you say, you know, something like, oh, yeah, well, listen, this this next meeting in November, this is our inspection. This is when we're doing our EA degree. And then never set anything up. And then, Well, even just having the vision to begin with, I think, is important as a leader. Right? Yes. Otherwise, you're just kind of like letting right. entropy take its own, you know, mm-hmm. take its course and... When you're unclear you or you're muddy about what you're going to do, it, it confuses people. It really mm-hmm. is confusing. When you have a master, it's like, well, are we going to do an EA degree? Or are we going to, what are we going to do? Or is it a state? Well, you know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Like, yeah. be a leader. Grab yeah, the bull sure. by the horns and, right. you know, this is what we're doing. Bam. Now everybody has a direction. Whereas if you leave it up in the air, nobody knows what to do. Do I? Do I study my EA? Do I not study the EA? Right. Well, you've got to be very clear on what your plans are and what your expectations are. And it's mm-hmm. one of the things I, I pulled in from work. We talk about it all the time, and it's very big in you know, just about any industry. A smart plan. Mm-hmm. You have a smart action plan. It's specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. Uh-huh. It's reasonable. And it's time-bound. We have that for yearly goals in my company, yeah, too. It's got to be well. S-M-A-R-T. And, you know, if you do those things, it's... It, it specifically measures out what the expectations are and you can constantly refer back to it. In my year, I had a, a, a three pillar plan where I wanted to concentrate on Masonic education, mm-hmm. I wanted to concentrate on uh, fini- financial stability, mm-hmm. and I wanted to concentrate on community service. So right. mm-hmm. anything that we did that year 
went back to one of those three. Greg Schultz actually brought up That's a good a strategy point. and you operationalized mm-hmm. it. Greg Schultz that. actually brought up a good point. He says goals need to be able to be measured to know when they are accomplished. Mm-hmm. I also yeah, and I think, you know, kind of along those lines, make sure your goals are feasible. Don't do something like uh, set up an event. Well, that's the A in smart is achievable. <laughs> achievable. Achievable right. or attainable. Attainable. Either or. Right. Basically, you're just repeating what I'm saying but using different yeah. words. Yeah, you're basically just reiterating everything. <laughs> My job doesn't have interesting little meetings. Hey, like you this. know what? Like every Get in that truck and get the shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> guys, at the end of the day, every leadership philosophy uh, has been written about in a book that's being sold right now in an yes. airport kiosk. All right, there are no new <laughs> ideas. There are some really you good take, ones. You there. take little puzzle right. pieces of all these good, <laughs> in these good guidelines for being a leader, and you put them together for what makes sense for the environment that you're in and who you are as a person and what your strengths are. Correct. But you know there is no one perfect. You or you know, just watch a TED talk and here. say you're an expert. Or a TED talk or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm a little cynical about this because every new initiative at my company seems to be based on some executive that was in an airport and read something in a or you can look at the, or you could look at the same things in the Bible because that's why I say y'all need Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are not new ideas. There's nothing y'all new need under Jesus. Speaking of the Bible, there is nothing new under the sun. No. no but there are some some valuable things. Actually, I'll let you go on and I'll add. Uh, right, this I'll is add pretty much my last one. Okay. This is pretty much my last one. Uh, and again, if you want to look at this book, this is a good book. Uh, the Rogue Warrior. It's called uh, by Richard Marcenko. Leadership skills for the Rogue Warrior. And again, this is one of many books that talks about you know good leadership and everything. Sun Tzu's a good one too. But that's the art of war. It's the art of war. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. Said it before. Last one. In uh, this one, I, I this is my absolute favorite. I've said the other ones were were ones of my favorite, but this one is my absolute favorite. Leadership code of the rogue warrior, and it's I will be easy to find, I will be at the center of the battle. Yep, love yes. that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, my absolute favorite, and that's applicable to more than just mm-hmm. warfare yeah. in the military. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, you got to be willing to be in the thick of it with your guys if you want them to respect you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in any walk of life, you have to, you can't, if you, if you let's just say again, lodge, let's say a lodge is getting in trouble, lodge is having issues, Grand Lodge is in there, maybe it's finances or whatever, that master better have his ass plastered to that secretary's mm-hmm. desk right in the thick of it, figuring out. Don't just yep. be like, well, I don't know. Yep. Uh, I did my grips and words well, so I don't yep. know what the secretary and treasurer are doing. Don't be the general on the hill watching right. as your men get slaughtered. No. No. no, don't. Not cool. One of the, the best, one of, again, one of my favorite historical figures was uh, um, Richard the Lionhearted. One of my absolute yeah, favorite Richard the Lion. because when he was fighting Saladin and he went after Jaffa and this is a true story you can look this up this is not me embellishing but one of the stories is when he went after the port of Jaffa 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 I keep saying it's either Jaffa or Jaffa I don't know mm, but Jaffa is definitely from our ritual obviously from the Bible <laughs> too but, right. but Saladin had attacked this particular seafaring city port whatever he was and I think it's Joppa then Joppa because that's a port yeah Richard the Lionhearted with only 50 or so cavalry or, or you know horsemen came down and he hit the battle 
bam, and then the 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 the, uh, the Saracens were 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 mopping the floor at this point. And he came in and he was he was the first one in the battle, and he was just cutting people down left and right. He actually had the horse shot out from underneath him, and Saladin respected him that much that he sent him another horse. Hmm. And hmm. but Richard the Lionheart was at the front of the battle, and he ended up turning the tide and sending Saladin packing. That's a commendable thing to be at the front of the battle and taking shots. It's a, it's actually a morale and booster. And ostensibly outnumbered, right? Were they ostensibly outnumbered? outnumbered yeah, like okay. by an insane amount. Yeah. But just the sight of him showing up on the battlefield, you know, it, it, it affected the morale in a negative way to the Saracens. Yep. But in a positive way. But a positive way to the Franks. Yeah. And as a leader, even in a Masonic Lodge or any type, your job, you can attribute it to anything. Yep. That leader shows up, and he's the one taking the brunt of it. Yep. It's a it's a it's a morale boost for your lodge. It's a morale boost for the the company you're with. Yep. That holy shit, like he showed up and he was ready. He was you know guns blazing, ready to defend. And it will equally thing. destroy right. the morale of your your folks if, if you, you decide to take a backseat and say, "Well, you guys right. deal with it. You're the ones that are executing." Yeah, no, it's never been a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a couple other things. And, again, I'm talking on the – again, I, I went to the Rogue Warrior thing, and, yes, that's those are all typical of a – what do you want to call it? An alpha personality? Mm-hmm. An alpha personality mm-hmm. for the alpha, most part. Alpha, red. Right. You're going, there's different color personalities. And those are very tough traits right there. Type but let's type. get into the other end of it. And I think also a good leader needs to be diplomatic. You can't – you have many different Masons. This is life, lodge, whatever you want to call it, with different you know, theories or, or um, directions that they think that should go. You know, Maybe I think we need to raise dues to $150. Rocco thinks we need to lower them. You know, But if Rocco approaches me and I'm the master – the last thing you want to do is, well, he, and he comes up and he says, listen, you know, I think we need to lower dues to 75 because it'll bring in more members. And blah, blah, blah. The last thing you want to do is go, Rocco, you're wrong, and mm-hmm. shut down that conversation. Yep, because guess who's never going to volunteer <laughs> any new idea that may be Correct. genius right. from then on. Furthermore, you'll also get an entire lodge turn against you. Let's say there's, you know, you know, Rocco comes to me and he says, you know, we need to do this, Okay. But maybe Rocco is just the spokesperson for the rest of your lodge. Maybe the rest of your lodge thinks feels the same way, and Rocco's <clears> just the most boisterous one of them all. Boisterous? Am I right? Boisterous. 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 That's an interesting combination of the... Vocal. Was that like a blend of vocal <laughs> and boisterous? Yes, yes. yes it boisterous. Was. Oh, God, I love it. <laughs> this is why like, we, we need actually work. We need to start a dictionary. Hey, start dictionary. Listen to me, though. <laughs> we need a we need a Mudry dictionary. <laughs> a Mudry th- thesaurus. The I am just giving our Discordians a gift. I'm just yeah. here. Subscribe. <laughs> uh, anyway, back on the head. Maybe he's just the most vocal of the group, and he, um, you know, they all like, hey, Rocco, go talk to the master. Let's see if we can get these dues lowered. They're a little right. expensive. And again, I'm using dues as a very primitive example. It's usually of, a hot topic. It's usually a hot topic. But, you know, let's just say they, they elect him to come talk to me. And I shut him down right from the jump. I can almost promise you that anything that that master wants to do for the rest of his year is going to go, right, shot. 
It's not going to happen because they're like, oh, they didn't even give him the time of day. All right, good. But now that same master decides to, uh, you know, I'm going to fix my mic a little bit. Um, that same Rocco comes up to that master and he's like, hey, can I talk to you about the dues? I think we should lower them. I know you were talking about raising them. I'm lower. All right, Rocco, tell me your thoughts. And sits down, shuts up, and listens to what Rocco has to say. Even if he doesn't agree. Mm-hmm. So he listens to him. He's going to have that respect for him that, well, at least he listened to me. And I feel like even in society today, nobody nobody listens to listen. No. They listen to counterpoint. Right, to defend their own. And that's in politics. Waiting for yep. a That's on social media. That's on anything. Nobody listens and I, I feel like me, again, I've said it before. I talk a lot on this. But I also shut up and I listen a lot to what somebody's going to say, not with the point of trying to come back at you, but to, just to hear what you got to say. Well, and I think if you go back to our prior episode to talk about guns in the lodge, like I, I think that's a perfect example of how you can handle a, a tough subject. Let me guess. The Schultz brothers are, are acting up. I don't even Sorry. have to look at the field. No, finish, 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 no, finish first. your thought first. Finish your thought, Jones. Sorry. Sorry. I think it's <laughs> Like We had a very healthy debate on that, and nobody was right. Nobody was wrong. Nobody tried to convince anything. They just stated their point of view, and like we kind of came to our own compromises in that hour episode. And we um, still hang out together. And, and we still enjoy mm-hmm. most of each other's company. Yeah. You know, I've also said that, you know, it, it's been said that, you know, inter having a relationship with somebody, and I'm not talking about relationship as in you know, you know, like our relationship. <laughs> relationship. Having the cement of brotherly love, oh, friendship. Mm. Oh, this is turning real. I can't even. <laughs> I think he just broke me. <laughs> Did I just break the internet? I just yeah. broke the internet. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, okay. though, relationship amongst people or amongst brothers, you know, the last, I think that disagreeing in how you resolve your conflict is actually more beneficial than just having the same mind. Think about it in terms of like a relationship, you know, uh, an actual male, female, or whatever relationship at home. When you first start dating, it's like, oh, I love you. You know, everything's all sweet and great and everything. Live together and don't put the toilet seat down. (laughs) Live together and wait till the dishes are done and put a glass in there. Then you see what you're dealing with. Conflict resolution will tell you more or or improve a relationship more so than just agreeing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody thinks when you step into the master's role or or any type of leadership role, you step into the leadership role and it's just – Everyone's going to listen to me. <laughs> no. No, they'll hear you. <laughs> they'll hear they you. They might not listen to you. And the minute you turn your back, they'll be going, yeah. yeah. Yep. Understand, every master is going to go through. Seriously. Oh God, is that Rafferty? It's, that f- it's Rafferty. Yeah, it's Rafferty. Rafferty. <laughs> I love you, it's but Rafferty. serious. As I said in my very first appearance. Yeah, we hear you. Stop whistling. <laughs> Screw Rafferty. <laughs> Actually, I might have said it like, screw Rafferty. Are we at half an hour? <laughs> we I think it was an after hours episode. Yeah, it was an after hours episode. Matter of fact, we're going to, we're going to, wow, 42 minutes. We're actually right. going to, uh, we're going to break. 
We're going to take a break, and then we're going to open up the questions. We're going to keep the live feed going. Joe's probably going to sing, because that's what Joe does. Oh, any request? I, well, I didn't even think of that. Uh, let me um, just throw this in here while we're on the topic. <laughs> yeah, I'll just wrap up. The, my favorite leadership trait of a really good leader is... Uh, it's me! Doesn't <laughs> take... Humility! Take um, credit for their achievement. Yep. Right? Who right. gives the credit to the workers or gives it to the rest of the lodge and i think leaders that do that exhibit like a you know that's the trait that i i mm -hmm. admire the most mm -hmm. when when leaders do that right it's like oh no my team did it right my my officers did the work leaders are there to serve the team yeah if the team who is executing on the vision does well the team gets the credit yeah. right not mm -hmm. the leader the Correct. leader just had the vision right as a matter of fact, they used to have the Masters. Was it, it was the Masters Award? What was it? That award that we did in Connecticut. It was like the Worshipful Master Award or something like that. I I don't win remember that. I don't what know. the Master I could, one is. I'll look There's, out in the hallway, but yep. it was the Masters Achievement Award. Boom! Masters Achievement. Okay, there we go. Yep. It was the Masters Achievement Award, and they ended up changing the title of it, and it became the Lodge Achievement Award. Yeah, good call there. And I liked it. I liked that they changed it because the Master doesn't the master's achievement well I mean the master's job is rough we lost the fucking live feed again but did we yeah it still seems to be going here for me well the master's uh, achievement uh, is mine's the still achievement going here the... no we well, lost it it's a, yeah it's the craft's achievement so, damn alright well why don't we right. uh, we're gonna pause yeah, we we'll lost live feed we'll bring it back up we'll mess with the hardware and get some fly yeah. what am I gonna do for song requests uh, I don't know I'll turn it back on damn you no, I'll, I'll just pick one alright boys nope, we're breaking all right. We'll be back. The Freemasons Podcast presents Real Brothers of Genius. Real Brothers of Genius. Today we salute you, Brother Overpounding the Gavel Warden Guy. Brother Overpounding the Gavel Warden Guy. Only you can bring the lodge to a halt by shattering every window in the building with one slam of the mall. Oh, is that cut superficial? Brothers getting unruly? You drive that metal setting mall to the podium stone with relentless force. He thinks it's Thor's hammer. With deadly accuracy, you pound and pound away the gavel until the lodge comes to order, or you crack the foundation of the building, bringing it down with everyone in it. Order! And even though it's just the reading of the bills, you make sure with one crack of the stick, everyone knows they're paid. Ow, the bill was $1.50. So crack open an ice-cold orange dry, you gargantuan of the gavel, because only you, smashing the podium, can make the brothers know you mean business. Brother overpounding the gavel, warden guy. Brought to you by the Freemasons Podcast, Seymour, Connecticut. What the? We are back. We're back. We're back. Hope you guys enjoyed the commercial. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. And for those watching Facebook Live, those watching hope Facebook you enjoyed Live. the little musical interlude. <laughs> We're going to have to take that on the road. Oh, uh, Angelo uh, Chavez wants to see the gravy train dance. Oh, no. Please. <laughs> we'll close out the episode with the gravy train dance. <laughs> I'll have to pick out a good song. All right. So we're talking about, again, we're back on our, our subject is, uh, <laughs> he says, the gravy train. Uh, I don't even know you anymore. Is that like a Night Dance, dance or something? <laughs> no, it's like, <laughs> it's like a floss. It's, it's a combination. Gravy train. train. It's. Uh, All right, Joe. No way to Joe. You got two requests. Just freaking so do it. So the gravy train comes around because it's, it comes about where. I can't believe we're like doing you, this. You see a beautiful woman. And she's attracted to you, and you know she wants to ride the gravy train. 
she wants to hitch her wagon to this gravy train. So it like works with a little. You work into it like a slow it's train. Thing. And you it's wonder disturbing. why I don't come up here that often. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you get the little overbite thing really. going, and it's like, mm. <laughs> oh, mm. it just gets worse. Mm. And then you take your hand and you are we recording right now? Yes, we are. What is gravy train going? <laughs> that is so much worse. And you say, hey, babe, you want to take a ride on my gravy train? Mm. <laughs> So that's how the gravy right. train dance oh, goes. All right, we're I done. Kid, I'm I thought it was like a kid. leadership <laughs> philosophy or something. I thought, I thought <laughs> it was going to like come and ride the train. Uh, well, this and is, ride it. No, this one is more like a, you got to get the, the motion. Oh, See, okay. anything to do with tra- anything with mm. this, with that train mm. just so makes bad. George cringe. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Hitch that wagon and that Our gravy train. Our associate grand marshal Daniel Sharkis just popped on. Oh, hey, I should probably shouldn't have done that. Mr. Mr. Cucumber, Mr. Cucumber, Aaron McGoldrick just threw up. It's <laughs> awesome. You're welcome, guys. Yeah, You're welcome. I just threw up a little in my mouth. Well, <laughs> well let's get to a, a, a quality of a quality leader. Of a leader, Joe. You know, you there's, had a good there's something one. called emotional intelligence, and there's five cat, uh, five characteristics of that. One of them is self-deprecation and being able to laugh at yourself and have some fun, which up until about ten years ago, I honestly thought it was self-defecation. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of makes sense because you're like taking a crap on yourself <laughs> and making fun of yourself. I, really, it was about 10 years ago I learned that self-deprecation was not self-defecation. Uh, um, Susan Rafferty just logged on. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that your husband came up here for this. <laughs> well, apparently the gravy train is catching on. Susan Kappa says, thank you. I just peed my pants. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> So she you just know. had a little self-defecation kind of. Oh my God. There is a class action oh lawsuit regarding. Uh, and that's copyrighted. Just so you know, that is. Copyrighted right. Oh my God. All right. So uh, positive qualities, Joe. You had one right before we were about to uh, to go live. Yeah. So the big thing is communication, and mm-hmm. what you need to understand with communication is people receive and deliver communication differently. And you talked about an alpha personality before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I want, and I know that being your personality, I need to understand what my personality is Mm -hmm. and yours and how they interact. You're an alpha personality. Mm -hmm. I'm what they call it. If you're doing colors, you're a red personality. I'm a green. I'm not a freaking ginger. Don't even go there. Don't screw this up on me. But those two personality types do things very differently and frustrate the crap out of each Mm -hmm. other. But if you know, like... Mm -hmm. You, you want to get something done, you're like, just tell me what to do, and I'll get it done. Let's cut out the chit-chat. That's me. Clearly, I like to entertain. I like to yeah. tell stories. I like to have a little fun. If you're in that red mentality, you just want to get things done, right. I'm going to frustrate the crap out of you, and you're just going to tune me out. Right. So I need to adapt my style to yours mm-hmm. in order to get the most out of you. Likewise, my personality needs to adapt to you. Whereas, you know, you have a green personality. Meaning, and this is very important that for a leader, especially, understand all the personalities he's dealing with. Whereas Joe and Rocco and other people will beat around the bush. I'm very direct. You know exactly where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. You know exactly I don't beat around the bush. There's no story involved. This is where I stand. This is what I'm after. Some people don't communicate that way. And the worst thing to do, as as for me, you'd say I'm a red personality. Mm -hmm. I'm a very direct person. Is to to 
Come on, get to the meat and potatoes of this. Right. Because the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to offend you. I'm going to piss you off because you're trying to get to the meat and potatoes. You just have a different way of seeing it. Right. Leaders, regardless if you're red, green, blue, purple, you know, whatever, need to understand that you're dealing with, especially in a lodge, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Even when you get into the bigger lodges, you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Each one communicates differently. Whereas you communicate one way, Rocco's going to have something else. Rafferty's definitely a red. You're 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 dark red. <laughs> but I understand that I when it can't comes to doing something. When it comes okay. to doing something, but I can't right. come at Rafferty as a you know, for lack of better words, I can't come at Rafferty as an asshole because he's going to perceive me as an asshole and it's going to get us into an argument. So I think me and you work very well together because you know you know how my personality is and I know how yours is. Again, I've I've made the joke a thousand times when I'm listening to a podcast and we actually had a great conversation yeah. earlier today where I'm like, yeah, I know what I did. You don't even gotta say anything. I already know what I did. I didn't have Ken's mic up loud enough. I cut him off a couple times, like, <laughs> and I automatically and he's like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was because you're but, picking up what <clears throat> right, but. On that point, though, you know, I couldn't be like, I'm not going to be like, Rafferty, I already know what I did. Don't say anything to me. Right. Because now I'm right. cutting him off the knees. I'm not giving him, you know, his... Is that a DVD? Oh. <laughs> well, those are our... Like, who the hell's computer's got a DVD player? Those are our new... Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about these here. Yep. Our new Puppet George Freemason. Put it on my laptop. You know, you have to approach each person in each situation as a leader much different than you would. Greg Schultz asked, what book inspires you? Mine is Sun Tzu's Art of War. Again, if we were talking about different personality traits, yes, my book is Sun Tzu's Art of War. I think it's a fantastic book. Uh, I've also said, you know, again, I, I lean toward the, the alpha male or whatever you want to call it. Redfish, uh, bluefish? What? Redfish, bluefish. What the hell's redfish, bluefish? Dr. Seuss, man. That's yeah, pretty standard that Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Again, the red little, personality. I don't read that shit. The, the little train that could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, and I, I even withheld before where you're like, well, if I wanted to communicate with Joe, I have to adapt. And I was going to say, yeah, get a step stool. But I didn't, I didn't go there. I didn't do that to you. All right. Because I love you. All right. I love you. You let me sing. I think it's also... Very important for a leader to understand his flaws. That is a major thing to to understand and know, is your own flaws. Things that that other people notice in you that you don't notice in yourself. There's many people across everything, you know, politics Mm -hmm. or, you know, not getting political. I'm just making a point. Politics and or masonic is that you don't understand your own flaws you don't understand your own things that are a negative trait to you again i'm a very strong personality as a matter of fact i've been to a therapist and you know stating you know things that you know bother me or upset me and the therapist's like wow oh, shit <laughs> got my hands full of you like because everything that she would point out about me i had an argument to it well no that's Right. Not, not that it's bullshit, but, you know, well, no. Well, well no, this is why I do This that. is why right. I do You it. justify it. I justify yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I have a very strong personality. I'm very difficult to deal with. But I know this about myself. So one of the things that I need to do is I need to dial that back in mm-hmm. a way. Uh, and, again, I've, I've said all the things that I'm doing at Morningstar Lodge and dialing back on this and everything because, you know, I think recognition of your faults is a major 
major strong part of a leader. Yeah, and that self-awareness piece is another component of that right. emotional emotional intelligence that I mentioned for. Along with, here's one that we all struggle with at times, self-regulation. You need to be able to subdue your passions and right. keep an even keel when things are either really, really high or really, really low. Um, so you've got to kind of regulate yourself, and that's a key characteristic. If a leader's constantly, like, flipping out and dropping F-bombs and throwing things every time the live feed goes down. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can lose a certain part of your audience. There may okay. be an entire mic stand that you threw across. The <laughs> yes, I did. It's still on the ground right over there. I wish we had video. Let me. <laughs> I literally took the mic, the arm that I had here. It was Put falling off the chair. Me. I literally grabbed it, ripped the mic out, and launched it over there. Yeah, you seem to have a hard time keeping that up. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, and, and then I'm going to get into uh, something that right worshipful Chip Schofield Good, you're gonna, had said. Uh, my biggest, and I know this is my own flaw, and this was my biggest flaw as a mechanic when I was a mechanic. I used to be a mechanic, ASC certified mechanic and everything. I had no problem taking the whole top part of an engine off. I was very methodical and very good with taking apart the whole top end of an engine. But that 10 millimeter bolt that fell down in the back <laughs> that was laying up against the exhaust that I couldn't get my hands on drove me freaking nuts. So to me, it's the dumb small things that will set me in a, a freaking mic arm that keeps going down on me, will piss me off. But, you know, other things that I'm are. Biting my tongue. I'm I know. I know. The three use. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just making a point. Small. Things drive me insane. I mean, literally insane. But big problems, I can handle all day long. It's the small stuff that drives me nuts. And I know that's a fault of mine. So, like, at some point, I'll be here trying to fix the computer. I'm like, Ken, just take over. I'm done. I'm done. You know. Um, Rocco, anyway. take over. <laughs> I'm done. Angelo Chavez says, nah, those are George's mixtapes. He's going to try to give them to App. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I actually I reached out to uh, to Apathy or brother uh, Ch uh, Chad Bromley earlier, and I had said uh, I hope your tour is going good. I'm really excited that you're coming up here, and I'm telling you right now, you're gonna have a lot of fun with us. I said uh, I, I want to say I called you bastards, but I could be wrong. Uh, I, I may have called you. Uh, I, I may have called you guys either bastards or assholes and I said these guys are both trying both would apply both would apply and I had said uh, basically flat out uh, they're trying to get me to rap battle with you <laughs> so uh, not trying to no uh, maybe, oh, you will. maybe for Patreon uh, you rap battle uh, Puppet George I'm probably going to get smoked <laughs> uh, but anyway Chip Schofield yeah uh, right Marshall Chip Schofield uh, our past district deputy says a good leader will know when he is in over his head and be able to ask for help or be receptive to advice from those that have done it before them and not shut them out or discount their experiences absolutely yep. and i i'm going to say something a little controversial on that topic and i we're going to probably oh. get our first hate mail um on this second, however second hate uh, mail oh yeah second, that's right second well hate mail. does the newsletter count as hate mail Okay. <laughs> I did receive it in the mail. Anyway, um, in my experience, there are a lot of female leaders that are better than male leaders, mostly because 
they are more apt to admit, I don't know what this is. Mm -hmm. I need help. Let me get the resources I need to understand it. Mm -hmm. Where male leaders, at least based on my experience, I'm mm -hmm. not saying everywhere mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. world, um, there's ego. There's more ego involved. And they are less likely to ask for help. And things get botched. I was going to say, pride and ego are a fickle bitch. Absolutely. They, they will ruin somebody. Just... Uh, Piggybacking off with uh, Chip, uh, Warshaw brother Chips, right? Warshaw brother Chip Schofield said, "You know, pride and ego will will kill you. It Absolutely, will crush you because you think you know everything. You don't. No one's no one's almighty and powerful and knows everything. You know. Again, even as as somebody who's who's done a lot in in Freemasonry, I don't know everything. And you know, Warshaw brother Ken or even you might call me on it." And say, hey, mm, mm, mes a mes, you know. Yeah, we do right, all right. the time. <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to the English language. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to say, you know, perfect example of this is World War II. Hitler thought he knew everything. He commanded the Battle of Stalingrad when all of his generals were saying, "Get the hell out of here." You remember what his org structure looked like? Yeah, it right. Was, yeah, like it was like him at the top, and then it was like these guys, and then these guys, and none like of them communicated decision, with each other. All these dotted lines yeah. back to him. Every decision had to go mm -hmm. through him. And you know, all of his generals were saying, "We're going to lose this. We need to back up and regroup." And he said, "Nope, you're going to stay there. You're going to stay there." Yeah. And what ended up happening? He lost the whole damn war because he was stubborn and prideful, and he wouldn't take the advice of his generals. You know, if you want to contribute that to the Masonic Lodge, yeah, the master's running the show. But, you know, the senior warden and junior warden are your generals, for the most part. Your senior deacon, right. junior deacons, you know, they're your ground floor guys. And their opinion matters as well. And they can give you one of the major things to me as a leader is to have a pulse. Okay, if you want to take the Masonic Lodge and you want to contribute it or contribute it, if you want to compare it to like a, a platoon of, of the military. You know, you need to have a pulse of how your troops are feeling or, you know, the morale of your group. And, and, and any type of input, good, bad, or indifferent, is right. an input. And you need to make a calculated decision off of that input. And that's the qualities of a good leader, somebody who's not just stuck in his ways. This is the way we're going. This is the line we're going. Yep. And not, you know, you could still be like that. But, uh, again, a computer runs off of inputs. All the inputs, a car runs off of all the inputs from all the sensors of a vehicle. And then the ECU makes a calculated decision on, okay, do I add fuel? Do I take fuel away? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I... That is exactly how you be a good leader, is to take all of your inputs and then make a, 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 make a decision from there. Uh, Joseph Schultz, still taking shots at his brother. I learned a lot, such as my one meeting as Warshville Master was better than Greg Schultz's three years as Warshville Master combined. <laughs> it's true. Everybody knows it. <laughs> uh, Did you see Chip's last one? Yeah, I Secretaries seen it. run the show. I agree. <laughs> as a current sitting secretary. Yes and no, because a master can also clamp your balls real fast, too. So... Yeah, but then you can shut down Grandview when he's got nothing. <laughs> what are you? The, that, the, you waited. Was that an Alaskan fire dragon? No. 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 God. Don't look that up. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it. Robert Namias. I hope I said that right. If I did, just say yes. 
Uh, never measure a leader by how many followers they have, but rather how many leaders they create. That is an absolute, absolute truth. Um, <coughs> I got to keep refreshing my screen. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not repeating. Right? <laughs> yeah. <I see. laughs> oh, these guys. We're watching live feed. They're funny as hell. Um, <clears throat> that is absolutely true. So, have you guys heard of uh, a concept called servant leadership? Yes, uh-huh. it's pretty prevalent, uh-huh. right? Yep. So I gotta look up his name because I can't remember it off the top of my head. I think it's like Greenfeld or Greenleaf. All right. So Robert Greenleaf came up with this concept. He's the one who put all these concepts into a a essay in 1970. But again, these are concepts that have been around forever. Servant leadership basically postulates that you as a leader have to serve the people that are beneath you. Mm -hmm. Your job as a leader is to serve them. Not serve the organization at large, and as long as you're serving the people beneath you, they will serve the organization at large, and that you know that that will take care of itself. As long as you're doing right for them. Um, if you look at how the progressive line is set up, and how a Masonic lodge is set up in general, with the stewards being you know the beginning of that progressive line up to master in most jurisdictions. That's the way it is in the United States and most jurisdictions here. And I'm sure in more than a few internationally, you start in a servant, a very servile position, right? You get refreshment ready. You help prepare candidates along with the deacons. But you're basically taking orders. And you have two years of that. And I think... No, keep going. We're listening. We're listening. Joe's just being. I think, I think the founding fathers of the fraternity and their infinite wisdom, because this, again, this goes back to medieval, the medieval stonemasons. This is not like a new concept. It's not something that came up in like the last hundred years or so in Freemasonry. I think they had that, they, they already knew that concept. They knew, hey, if you want to be a good leader, you have to know how to follow first, right? And you have to go through all those positions, all of those different jobs about the lodge before you can direct everybody else and delegate to them and make them do those things. And when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because you're never going to tell somebody, you know, one of your officers to do something that you haven't done before because you necessarily had to do all of those jobs before you got up to that seat. So I always kind of found that interesting. I I'd read about servant leadership before I became a Mason, and after six or seven years going through the line, I realized, hey, these founding fathers of ours, they, they knew what was up. Mm. So, I want to add, and we'll, we'll, this is going to be our final point about being a leader. One of the hardest things for a leader to do is surrender the power that they were given. And I find this in Masonic Lodges... I found this in uh, just life in general, you know, that people who are in positions of power, who said it, Benjamin Franklin, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And it's not uncommon for people who get into positions of power, especially masters of a lodge, where they feel like, like God almighty, like Understand your term is going to come up. Your term is going to end. 
and you still need to remain brothers with your brothers. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be an end time of like, my term is over. Uh, you need to be, and this is a very hard thing for people to do, is to have these unusual and, and, and weighty powers of a master and turn them back in and become a nobody. And that's exactly what happens when you become a past master. Mm-hmm. You're a nobody. You're just another brother of the lodge. And yeah, maybe you get elected to another position or maybe you get appointed to another position. But you're never going to have the same power as you did when you were a master. Right. You're now part of that lodge's history. And this is where you have the problem of the past masters. This is where the stigma of the past master comes from. It's not the crotchety old guy because you can be you could be a young guy past master and still be a hindrance on your lodge mm-hmm. just simply because well you know that's not how i did it and in that right there falls into that napoleon complex i think napoleon complex is for short guys i'm gonna leave joe that one but too easy soft <laughs> but you understand what I, the point that i'm trying to make is you have this you still have this in your head that you're running the show and and you need to take a back seat and you need to go from a leadership role as in running the lodge as a leadership role into the educational and helping you're now a helper and there's many masters that have a very very tough problem with doing that they don't like surrendering that power they don't like losing that title they don't like getting away from that and i i want to point that out and I'm going to turn it over to you guys on this uh, to, to kind of speak on it. But you have to, your leadership as a, as a mason, after you leave that master's chair, does not end. You're now a past master. You're a senior member of the lodge. And again, you can become a right, right worshiper brother. You can become a district deputy. You can be, and your leadership role can still expand and grow, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. The only way to get your leadership to grow is to be a help and, and, and become, what's the word I'm looking for? A mentor? Mentor, thank you. Uh, become a mentor to others around you. Right. And that's how you end up becoming right worshipful brothers <clears throat> and volunteering to help here and doing this and doing that. And that's very important because you're, so many masters get out of the chair and then go Never see him again. Right. Your job isn't ended. You're still part of the lodge. You're still a past master. And you're still in the leadership. People are still going to look up to you. You're just not, quote, unquote, the boss anymore. And understand that some people may not ever make it to the level of right worshipful. You might not ever become a Grand Lodge officer. You may not ever, you know, become a district deputy. And even after your district deputy term, which is two years, you're a nobody again. <laughs> So you're like a two-time nobody. I'm a two-time nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Retired nobody. I love you, but I'm a two-time nobody. You're a has-been that never was. But, and what I ended up doing with that was I did this podcast. And now I'm helping somebody in a different way. I didn't end my role as being a help. Right. I grandiosoed it to what it is in the podcast listeners all over the place and you guys are doing the same thing as well even though we have a sitting master still in the house but I'm assuming after he 
can after your master you're still going to do the podcast you're still going to help you're still going to participate and be part of you know what yes that is my plan mm-hmm. so uh that's basically what you do uh let's see here let's see here chip schofield hence no skipping chairs in line or being raised to mm and being appointed an officer brothers need to be well versed in the jobs they are doing and the job that they have and the future job they will be doing. Yeah. Yes. I had to throw right worshipful brother Chip a, a like on that one because that's <laughs> I 100% agree with that. 100%. And you're skipping chairs, you're missing mm-hmm. very, very important lessons of leadership as taught by the fraternity. Let me also add on that. If you're coming through the chairs, it is the master's job to teach you that chair and show you the right way. That's part of being the master. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, you're you're junior deacon. Read the ritual and learn it. So, so in my lodge, it was a little different. So, because we have we 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 have a pretty strong line, right? We've got all uh-huh. first time, no past masters in line. Whenever there's always nuance about the next chair that you don't learn from the ritual coach, that you don't learn from the charge of the degree on installation, or the charge, I'm sorry, the charge of the um, the position on installation night. Mm-hmm. There's always stuff that you need to know, and who better to tell you than the person that's ahead of you in line. Okay. Right, so the person, the way that we've always done it, I believe we still do it this way in our lodge, is when you vacate a position, it's the way I've always done it anyway, the person that's taking that position from you, you go and you tell them, hey, just so you know, senior deacon, nobody ever tells you this, but you know those little those little forms, those little you know those sheets in front of the uh, the the sign in book. If there are any visiting brethren, you put their names down on there and their rank and what lodge they're from. And before lodge opens, you give it to the master, mm-hmm. and that way there the master knows who's visiting. It makes it much easier for them. Nice. It's one of your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever mm-hmm. tells you that. Sometimes you have to learn it the hard way. I'm giving you that information now. And as I mean, I think it's the person, like the, the brother that vacates that chair knows better than everybody else in the lodge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because they just did that. Just job. left the chair. Yep. Uh, right worshipful brother Chip Schofield also said, without, a, without the past master attending regular meetings, all too often lodge history is diminished and the ritual can be forgotten. I also want to piggyback on that. Not so much the ritual because the ritual is, you know, in the state of Connecticut anyway. It's it's a printed ritual. I would go more with lodge tradition. For instance, our lodge has always had the tradition at the end of the closing of the lodge. You know, we do uh, where basically the master descends from the east and he says, uh, "There's there's kind of a prayer, but the master says it." Now may the blessings of heaven rest mm-hmm. upon us all, and you know, and all that stuff. Every social Our lodge does. It's a lodge tradition that the master doesn't say that the chaplain does and that's always been passed on another tradition is uh in the beginning of our lodge the chaplain there's no it's not written in the book you know that we have but the chaplain will read the prayer on the opening of the lodge uh-uh. morning star lodge the chaplain goes down to the altar yep, kneels and does the prayer. But these are all things that are not in the ritual book. This is a lodge tradition that right. we've always upheld. That's passed down. Right. That's passed down. So tradition. you're missing, you know, yes, I, I agree. You know, maybe the ritual can kind of get shoddy, especially after you've had a lodge that's been recycled a thousand times. Eventually, the, you know, nobody looks at their blue book. They just know it by heart. But realistically, when you know it by heart, 
you mess up. Mm-hmm. And that's where you make mistakes is because the ritual in your head that you've rehearsed a thousand times, maybe you missed a word. Yep. Maybe you missed two words. Maybe you changed words. But I also think that tradition mm-hmm. is a major one. Because every lodge does things different. Joe, I've been to your lodge. Yep. Your lodge, what do you got going <laughs> on over there? Don't worry about it. Keep going. Your lodge has a certain tradition. And I again I'm gonna I don't think you were here the night that we talked about it, but your lodge actually lines up in a circle around the altar Oh, yeah, closing. you gotta talk yes, about that. At the end. Yes. Other lodges don't. And I I went to your lodge and I'll tell you, this is another reason to travel. Because I love that about your lodge. And I actually tried to bring it here. And, it... and we, shut, we shut off all the lights, <laughs> except up. for the light that's just shining on the altar on the, I, the three great lights. Magical. It's freaking awesome. And loved it. You sit, and when you say that prayer that you just mentioned, um, you know, it's, you're standing around the circle at that lodge. We also started, uh, about five years ago, um, a master's log. Mm-hmm. So we have an actual lodge, a log book that the master writes down. It's like his diary for that year. Hmm. And it's given to the incoming master at his installation. Hmm. And there's, you know, some sage advice in there. Uh, oh, some of the cool. experiences, how you handle certain things. Uh-huh. And you, it's only been about five years now, but imagine what that's going to look like in 10 years. That's a great 15 idea. 15 years where you have, hey, here's what I went through in my year. Here's how uh-huh. I handled it. Here's what came up. And you have this this wisdom of the past masters that's going to be passed on. And uh, Worshipful Brother John Deere uh, uh, in our uh, lodge, our organist. He, uh, no, no E on his. John Deere, tractor, no? Yeah. no? no. Is that what a tractor sounds like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm driving a tractor. that was freaking Chewbacca or something. <laughs> Joe, is that... Uh... Is that book only for the masters? <laughs> only for the masters. Motorboat. So, so the master will get it at his installation. He holds on to it, stays in the master's bag that year, and then he writes in it throughout, and then it's passed to the next master. That's awesome. So it's kind of like, uh, what is it, National Treasure, Book of Secrets? That's awesome. <laughs> That's actually really cool, to be honest yes. with you. And also but you get to maintain some of those things, and it becomes a, a real-time historical record mm. of what's going on. That's awesome. I actually mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh Right, Warshaw Chip said, uh, George, I stand corrected. That's what I was going for, was a lot of traditions such as, what is the seat to the right of the Worshipful Master meant for? Looking at him or sitting in the Master's chair? So, on the right of the Worshipful Master, that's usually where we invite the DD or Right Worshipful District Deputy and the AGM to sit during official inspection in our lodge. I would even go as far as saying anybody, because or not any, necessarily... Any, past master dignitary that the master any dignitary to sit with right but if you're sitting in the chair well we've done a few times looking at the chair yeah. well we've done a few times at the Chap end of a degree we've invited uh, a candidate to come sit up and, and watch the closing from being next to the master that sometimes is a really cool thing for them to That's see they might not see that perspective <laughs> again for like seven you've years. always offered that yeah. chair to wow a lot of representation representation for Mashler Aspatuck oh. watching tonight thank you guys appreciate the support uh, brother Dave starting <laughs> <laughs> nicely played glare off of your head however this is a fresh haircut it's not noticeable this is a fresh haircut so he said the two bald guys <laughs> sitting in the chair Did you yeah, get that for half price <laughs> Every time, every time I get my haircut, it's going to be a half-price comment. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a kid's cut. Very nicely done, though. I, I appreciate the, the ball busting. 
Uh, Scope, Father Dave. How about inviting a past master to sit there during your stated communication? Absolutely. I mean, that is the master's prerogative. He can do that. You sit their ass in the bleach. Well, a lot of times we've. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm a past master as well. So. <laughs> and a lot of one things that we've started to do recently too in our lodge is the most recent past master is the chaplain. So he's our he's to the left of the master, but he's having just gone through that chair can give some sage advice and yep. and whisper that in. So. Uh, a lot of shouts out to 142. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Uh, our senior warden, our master, and our uh, Mark most Ciccarella. recent he's, past, uh, he's our senior warden. Just liked our page. Is he a past master? Mark Zuccarello, no. Oh, You're thinking oh. Mark Smith? No, 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 no. I know Mark Smith. I thought uh, I thought he was, too. Oh, no, right. he's senior warden. He'll be, I was trying to promote you. He'll uh, be master next year if he doesn't piss me off. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, that's right. Former that? Marine. Who did that's right. There's no yeah. such thing as former, but I'll tell you what. I'm the haircut sorry. sticks. <laughs> the haircut stays. All right. Uh, you're looking, you're, yeah, Ken fired in the uh, Harmony. You're looking team. like you won't get this reference, but the old oh, guy's not. watching. I'm not looking like, old, so I like De Niro in Taxi Driver. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm too young for that. Yeah, Your beard shows now. that proof. Hey, you know what? Oh, you know what? I love this beard. I've earned a lot yeah. of these grays. All right, ball Mark, busting session, then we'll shut it down. Hold on. Mark Zuccarella. Before we get into the ball busting, uh -oh. Mark Zuccarella, steward for life. <laughs> you guys heard the phrase, once a steward, always, always a steward. steward. Absolutely. <laughs> you are always a servant yeah. of that lodge from the time you are in that seat until you are a past master. Right. Always, you are there always to serve the lodge. Jump in. Because even as a past master, if, somebody, if your junior warden needs help and you jump in, Yep. Somebody's gonna see. Wow, he's Steve. Past masters jumping yep. in. I better jump in. Glad That's the like. way these guys operate, right? Yep. And then Steve Bruner. This show rocks. Steve Bruner is just so you know. We talked about <laughs> we talked about Champ the Clown on the yep. the Shrine. Mm -hmm. Steve is Champ the Clown. He's Champ. The Clown. Hey! And he is offered. Champ. He is offered to come in on the show as Champ the Clown. Really? Uh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. There you awesome. go, Brother Steve. Uh, Send brother, me a message. Brother Steve. We'll work it out. As long as too. Puppet George can interview you afterward. That's going to be a tough interview. <laughs> Champ might have better material than Puppet George. <laughs> I'm fairly certain. Nobody needs to put that puppet in his place. So. I'm fairly certain Champ won like a nationwide uh, contest uh, for the Shriners Clowns or something. I could be wrong, but awesome. I, I could have swore. But uh, yeah, we... Special guest, Champ the Clown. We should get Brother Bill back, too. As yeah. uh, Rascal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Rascal. Actually, Brother awesome. Bill Russo put up a funny picture today. He was in a bathroom. <laughs> I saw that. Now, mind you, so, Brother uh, Bill uh, is probably my height, so which isn't very tall. 5'7"-ish. Um, all you need is one more, and you could truly yeah. be the lollipop kid. <laughs> so, uh... You're a bastard. I love you. <laughs> I love you too, brother. Uh, if, I, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't bathroom. say anything to you. He like was I in a bathroom, bathroom no. with a hand dryer that was actually over his head. Yes. It was freaking hilarious, though. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, that, that, that'd be me. It was a hand dryer. I don't know why it was, you know, six feet in the air, but whatever. So <laughs> It was like four feet in the air. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, five. Bill. So. All right, brothers, we say we lock this up. Yeah. I think it's about that time. Just remember, y'all need Jesus. Yeah. After hours? Seriously. <laughs> after hours. Y'all need Jesus. We haven't done an after hours. No. We haven't done an after hours in a well, while. I'm not staying for an after hours. 
party pooper. <laughs> we can stay for an after hours. But let's Not take a break. We haven't done one in so long. All right. All right. We'll like do a half my, hour, half hour. Yeah, my new right. sticker on the back of and my we'll laptop. And we'll actually now. do it live. Look at that. It'll uh, be the first live the after first, hours. Oh, oh. And not on community page. We'll do it on community well, then page. Then we're going to have to keep it clean. Page. We'll swap off to the community page. Well, no, Ish. We have to keep them clean anyway because we have the we have our podcast police fun. watching us. Yeah, but if... <laughs> By that, he means mm, my wife. It'll be all right. You can still take <laughs> shots at me, even though they're clean. Just make cleaner ones. You just can't drop the F word. It's fine. Okay. So no different than an actual episode. <laughs> no different. It'll just be purely ball busting. It'll be purely ball, ball busting. Okay. We'll go live. If you guys, uh, again, we're doing this on the regular page, but if you guys want to watch this, uh, give us a sh- give us a little uh, hell yeah on on this page, and we'll switch over to the community page, and we will do it. Uh, we'll do it uh, live on the community page. Sure. If you want to get into the community page, answer the damn. Questions. Yeah, seriously. Don't this just say seriously. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, Senior Warden Mark Zuccarella for for properly answering the yes. question of who has the best hair. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "What's for Brother Josie?" And it was like, uh, you know, I, I disagree with I that. I think, I think that's a subject. How come I didn't see that one? Then he already accepted. Are you as soon as you saw that? I just no, want everyone to know. It's actually mentioned in my logic. I just want everyone to know that you know Rafferty's kind of like the the admin of the page. He's the one who kind of you know approves and everything. But uh, Worship Brother Ken's on there. Worship Brother Joe's on there. I'm on there as well. I don't really touch it that much because I kind of leave it to these guys to do. But Raff knows what's up. But my point is, is that everybody monitors the page so it's not like you're going to get skipped over and everybody i'm sure you guys all have the same bitch that if you want to be in the community answer the damn they're questions. not that they used they're to be harder they're tough. really not hard it's basically like hard. a captcha test you guys ever have to do that i'm not a robot thing when yes you pull out a that's board. all it is that's really all it is so i mean somebody even said papa george had the best hair yeah and yeah. i'm like we'll accept that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or ken no. or ken or, or rafferty ken best hair okay rafferty's right. got the best hair <laughs> the best like single <laughs> hair I just didn't know. Like, uh, sorry about one just, hair. Just, just, oh, just throw out one of our names. Right. We'll accept yeah. it. We should shave we're that gonna off go, uh, George's head. We're going to go over to the community page. We're going to do a half-hour Patreon, and then we'll shut it down. So, uh, anyway, for this episode, for the Freemasons Podcast, I'm your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Marjorie, signing off. Worshipful Brother Joe, signing off. Worshipful Brother Ken, signing off. Brother Raph, signing off. Brother Rocco. Have a good one, everyone.